Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Now, if you have your Bibles, (laughs) turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, God. Let's just stop right there for a minute. In the beginning. What is the beginning? That's when something starts, right? Well, did God start? No. God is everlasting. He is eternal from... In the beginning of time, we could say, is when God established the beginning. So God is outside of time. There is no beginning. There is no end of God. Okay? When God starts time, that is when the world began. That is when creation began. When God decided it was time. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I've used this example before. Think of an auditorium. Maybe two, three thousand seat auditorium. And from stage left, or if you're looking at this, it might be stage right. Anyway, my left, outside the exit door, you see a rope coming in. You can't see the beginning of it, but you see the rope coming in, and it runs all the way across the stage, exit stage right, my right, out the other exit door. You don't see the end out there. All you see is this rope. And in the middle is this little piece of tape, oh, say six inches long or so, this red tape right there. That rope represents all of eternity. That little piece of tape, about six inches wide, on the rope, represents time. Time starts at one end of that tape. Time ends at the end of that tape. But eternity continues in both directions. There is no beginning, there is no end. But that little six-inch piece of tape represents the beginning of time and the end of time. Now, if you took one hair and wrapped it around that tape, that would represent your life. In the expanse of eternity, your life is just a hairbreadth on that eternal timeline. Now, in that one hairbreadth, you must make the decision heaven or hell. You are the only one who can make that decision. God cannot make the decision for you. Jesus cannot make the decision for you. Angels cannot make that decision for you. Your grandma cannot make that decision for you. Your Aunt Mary cannot make that decision for you. Your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your next door neighbor, your pastor cannot make that decision for you. God, when as we get through this study and continue on, you'll see God blessed Adam and Eve. 
He gave them everything, including eternal life and glorified bodies. But they rejected that covenant and listened to Satan and fell from grace. From that moment to this, all of humanity has been contaminated with sin. The only suitable restitution, you could say, would be a perfect sacrifice. And Jesus fulfilled that sacrifice. In in doing so, he was the only human being, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I'm just explaining this for right now. He's the only human being that lived a sinless life and offered himself as a sacrifice to God and was accepted into heaven. The only human being. Not even Adam and Eve made it that far. But he, with God's blessing, said, if someone will believe this, then I will accept them as well. That is the only thing you need to do, is believe Jesus really, truly did die for you. And receive him and his sacrifice. And allow your spirit, man, to be reborn from death to life. Praise the Lord. So in the beginning, God, that's all there was, all of eternity, fully consumed by God. He was eternity. He is eternity. He will always be eternity. But God created, in the beginning, God created time. God created the heaven and the earth. That does not mean heaven did not exist before God created the earth. No. God's eternity is heaven. His presence is heaven. He is there. There is him. He is all of eternity. All of heaven is God. Amen. The heaven he's talking about here, there there are three different levels of heaven, if you want to call it that. The heaven where God resides. Then there's the heavenlies, which is the space, the universe, all of that. And then there is the third heaven, which is the atmosphere surrounding the earth. Okay? So, all of God and all of eternity and all of heaven existed before time began. When God created time, in the beginning of time, God created the heaven, which is all the universe, which includes the earth. Right? Would you agree, scientifically speaking, that the earth is part of the universe? Right? You have the earth, you have the solar system, you have the galaxy, and you have the universe. All of that is the heaven talked about in Genesis chapter 1. 
In the beginning of time as we know it, God created the universe, the heaven, and the earth as part of it. The earth was without form. What does that mean? Well, the Hebrew word, I'm going to try and pronounce this in my best Hebrew, praise the Lord, I believe is tohau, is waste, desolate, confusion, chaos, no order, just disorder is the definition. Okay? So that's without form, void, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, in God, there is no darkness. He is light. So why would, be, why would there be this speck of darkness? And as we continue through the study, we will get to the point where it talks about Lucifer, the, the anointed cherub. What does that mean? Okay, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but I'm going to explain this real briefly. Lucifer was anointed. He was the anointed cherub. He was the chief angel having the same anointing, if you want to call it that, that Jesus had. He was the one in charge of creating this stuff. Jesus was overseer of it. God oversees everything. But let's just use this as an example. I'm, I'm just glossing over this to make you understand what I'm talking about. When we actually get to those scriptures, we'll be going in detail here. But Lucifer was the anointed cherub. He was in charge of making sure all of this stuff was created the way it was supposed to be. When he seen how good it was, and he seen God creating out of what was made a human being and breathe God's own spirit into that pile of dirt and it became alive with the spirit of God and Satan, or I should say Lucifer understood that God was creating all of this, all the work Lucifer had overseen in the creation, all of it was going to be given to this pile of dirt. How could the created rule the creating? And the, you know, I mean, this doesn't, you know. So Lucifer decided at that point in time he was going to overthrow God and he was going to take possession of it. Immediately, do you think? God, you know, didn't understand that this coup was good, you know, was already planned. I mean, he created the angels. He created Lucifer. Lucifer is not, you know, he didn't exist before God and just went to work for him. He was created by God. God, as soon as that thought entered Lucifer's heart, God knew about it. And a third of the angels decided they were going to follow Lucifer's plan. Hey, uh, this is all this is pretty cool stuff. We're, yeah, we'll 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 serve you. You know, we'll we'll be rulers and we'll rule and reign in all of creation. This will be ours. This will be awesome. We'll make these men serve us. Well, once something is created. And physics has proven this out. It will always exist. Mass never 
ceases to exist, I guess you could say. It just transforms into different elements. You know, you could take a ton of gold and launch it in a rocket to the sun and it would just dissipate. It hasn't gone. That element of gold is still there. It may change into vapor and be mixed with other things going on in the internal combustion of the sun, but it just changed form. The Entire mass was still there. It's just now dissipated into other things. Okay, uh, take for example a clear glass of water, and you put one drop of arsenic in that water. Just one drop. You can try and filter that water. It's still going to be there. It may remove some of it, but it, the trace amounts will still be there. And that arsenic, even if you got all of it out through the filtering process, where is the arsenic at? It's in the filter. So then you take the filter and you burn it. It just turned into a vapor and went out into the atmosphere. But it was still there. The elements of that is now floating around in the atmosphere. It gets diluted through the atmosphere so much that it is not as uh, poisonous, or you know, it, it, the, its effect is dissipated, but it is still there. Okay, this is the same thing. God could not just say angels cease to exist because they're created. They're there. They're they are created beings. They will live forever. So God had to establish a place to hold them in chains of darkness till he could deal with them. Now, they will be punished forever and ever. That's why he is forming what is called in the Bible the lake of fire. But now, throughout all of creation, there's this one black spot in the entire universe, in the entire creation. There's this one little black spot where Satan and his angels are at. Okay? And that was the earth. Now, said all that, took me a half hour to get there, to get back to verse 2. The earth was without form. In other words, waste, desolate, confusion, chaos, no order, just disorder. Darkness. Just darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, remember, he didn't create the oceans or anything yet. So what is he talking about the waters? Let's look at that. The waters here hadn't been created yet. There was no sea, no ocean, no rivers, no streams. No atmosphere, no anything. What was the waters? It was just the mass, I guess you could say, of the earth. It hasn't congealed in anything yet. It's just there. But when you stop and think about, you know, I mean, if you want to use science again, I don't, anyway, 
a molten mass. And if you could picture just looking at it, it would look like water. Not clear drinking water or anything like that, but uh, think of a... Think of, think of a volcano, the lava oozing out. It looks like it's a stream of water. It's actually liquid rock. All right? So just think about it in that form and fashion, just for a simple explanation. Again, my purpose in this is not to go into the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and translations. I may, you know, just like I talked about uh, without form and void, what that meant in Hebrew, I'll just briefly mention things like this. I'm not doing a full Latin study or Greek study or Hebrew study of every single word in the Bible. I'm just trying to explain this in simple terms for you. But the Spirit of God moved. Before anything else happened, look what happened. The Spirit of God moved on the face of what is the earth. The Spirit of God must move before anything can happen. Man cannot make God do anything. Satan definitely can't make God do anything. You cannot make God do anything. I cannot make God do anything. The Spirit of God must move himself. And God is a spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Together, they make up the Trinity. They are the Godhead. Before anything is done in this natural existence called time, the Holy Spirit must move. All right? And here you see it. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said... So first, let's back up to where we're at. In the beginning, there was nothing but God. And in that beginning, when God said, let's make time, in that beginning of what we are now living in called time, this time we are living in, there was nothing but chaos in what is now the earth. Nothing but chaos. It was just darkness. Remember, God's light. This is just darkness. There was God's presence was not there in that little ball that we now call the earth, where the deceiver, Lucifer, the anointed cherub who had turned against God, and a third of the angels were being held in chains of darkness. God's presence was no longer with them. And then... God said, we need, this whole system is now corrupt. There's a black spot in the universe. There is a black spot in the second heavenlies. There is a black spot in all the other angels. Remember, there was no man or woman yet. All the other angels looking at all the beauty of creation. Also seeing that black spot. They seen what God did to the angels that rebelled against him. Now, the angels have no spirit. The angels do not have mind, will, and emotions like we do. The angels 
are servants of God. They do God's bidding. Those angels that had their own thought, that thought they were better than God, that thought they were going to follow Satan because Lucifer, the fallen, the anointed cherub that fell, they thought that Lucifer had a great plan. They thought that, hey, wow, we'll own all this and we'll share in it. That thought cost them for all of eternity. And all the other angels, two-thirds of the angels, see that black spot in God's otherwise perfect plan, perfect paradise, perfect everything, except that one black spot. And they know that one black spot contains one-third of their fellow angels, including God's anointed cherub, who lost his anointing now. They would serve God out of fear for the rest of eternity. Not because they wanted to serve him because holy, holy, holy is he, but because I'll do it, just don't send me down there. See the difference? So God decided there had to be a plan of salvation. There had to be a way of redeeming that black spot and making it pure light again. And that started right here. In the beginning, God. The earth, no order, just disorder. So God then moved upon this dark spot. His, he sent his spirit down here and it's just moving. Nothing has happened yet. You need to understand that. This black spot is there and the Holy Spirit is just hovering over it. Moving. Moving. But nothing is happening. It's just this black spot. God is light. There was no light there. It's just a black spot in all of creation. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 3. The actual Hebrew translation of that is, And God said, Light be! And light be! was. Praise God. God is light. Right? So God basically said, my presence will be there. And God's presence was there. Praise the Lord. There was no longer this dark spot. Suddenly, it just erupted into pure light. Oh, praise God. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Think if you were in this auditorium again, a complete darkened auditorium. There was no emergency exit signs. Um, there was no little lights creeping in from under the doors or anything. Just complete pitch black darkness. And then suddenly, a thousand spotlights just turned on at once. That's what it was like. It was just complete, utter, complete utter darkness the, all the fallen angels in complete absence of God's presence 
no light at all. And God said, light, in other words, his presence, because God is light, be. And those light, boom, immediately came on. Do you think that caught those angels' attention? Oh, yes, it did. Those fallen angels, those demons, suddenly knew God was on the scene. Oh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and that it was good, because God is good. And then God divided the light from the darkness. But I want you to see something. There was complete disorder, complete chaos, and God spoke to the disorder. And the Holy Spirit moved and to create order out of the disorder, to line up with the Word of God, and God's Word is His will. So when there was complete, utter, total chaos and darkness... In this one little black spot out of all the creation where the light and presence of God existed, there is just this one little black spot where a third of the angels, you know, the, there was that little uh, kids thing, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin type thing. We don't know how many angels there were. The Bible talks about 10,000 times 10,000. It's like, you know, 10 billion angels. And a third of them were on the earth, confined to darkness. They lost the presence of God, and it was complete, utter darkness. All the other angels are looking at it. Oh, look at all creation that God made. This is so cool. You know, we're here with heaven, and we're here in heaven with God. La, da, 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 da. Except this one little black spot over here where our buddies are at. Oh, man. God decided he needed to do something. And he spoke to that disorder. He spoke to the disorder and said, Light be, and light was. And then God divided the light from the darkness. What does that mean? God separated these fallen demons from his presence. They still are not in the presence of God. And just as a reminder for the other angels and for creation that he, this, his plan of creation is now taking place, he has his plan. He knows what he's going to do. Just as a reminder, a continual reminder, he created night and day, basically. Okay? Now, he said he separated the light from the darkness. And in verse 5, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. Stop and think about this. He did not create the sun or the moon yet. So how did he create the first day? How did he separate the light from the darkness? How did he have an evening and a morning on the first day? Because he separated his presence from that of the fallen angels. He kept them in darkness over here. He was light over here. There's no universe yet. 
right? It says he created the heavens and the earth. That's how he created the earth. He did not establish stars or planets or any of that yet. He just has the earth as the, the penitentiary, you could say, for the fallen angels. But God said there will be darkness over here and light over here. My presence will be over here. These fallen angels will be over here. That was the first day. Praise the Lord. And God saw the light, that it was good. God is good. There is no imperfections in God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. When God saw that what he was doing was good, that meant it was measuring up with his plan. His plan was now in effect. And because of his light, the demons had to separate. Because just... Yes, Lord. Anything that has imperfection cannot stand in the presence of a perfect God. That's why in the Bible you'll see scriptures talking about, you know, anyone who sees my face shall die. All right? That's why some of the prophets, you know, uh, you know Moses, when he seen the burning bush, he thought, oh, I'm, I'm as good as dead. I'm in the presence of God. And, you know, other prophets said the same thing. Oh, woe is me. I've seen the face of God. I'm going to die. God had to assure them. That's why Elijah, uh, when he was up on the mountain, said, show me your face. I want to see your glory. God said, you can't see my glory. Anyone who sees my glory, they're going to die. Tell you what I'll do. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock, cover your place with my hand, and as I walk by, you'll see me as I, after I go by. All right? Angel, these fallen angels, if they were in the presence of God, they would be consumed by the glory. They would. That's where they would cease to exist at that point in time. They can't do that. So he creates darkness on this side, light on this side. They are still in darkness. All of creation still sees that black spot. But when they look closer, God's presence is now here. But God's not giving them that area. God is going to move. Continue. The Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the deep. All right? God moved upon the face of the waters. God's still moving. There's, there's no land. There's no sea. But God's presence is here. And it's moving on the face of the waters. God is moving around this earth. All right? Therefore, as he's moving into that area, what has to happen? The demons are moving away. They're going around the other side. Then you have what we can understand now as the evening and the morning. God is the morning. The light comes in the morning. Right? As these demons see that light rising, they got to go the other way. They're, they're staying in darkness. And that is alternating all around this earth. Praise the Lord. That's what is meant in verses 1 through 5. The evening and the morning were the first day.
Praise the Lord. That is the first day of time. The first day of created time. Remember, there was no time measurement. Eternity has no time. Eternity has no beginning. Eternity has no end. But God decided he needed to make what we call time. And that was the first movement of God in time. And that was the first step in the plan of salvation for you and for me and for everyone who's ever been born into this earth. Do you realize even Adam needed salvation? He needed saving. He and Eve needed forgiveness of their sins. It's not up to me whether or not they believed in Jesus. I believe they did because otherwise, you know, they're in hell forever. It's a definite eternal penalty for sin. They were the ones who, the first ones to fall for Satan's tricks, but we can't get down on them because you and I fall for Satan's tricks every single day. Some of you are listening to me right now saying, I don't know why he's preaching that stuff. That's the devil planting that seed into your mind. And if you let it take root, grow, and prosper, you'll fall from grace. That doesn't mean you'll lose your salvation, but you'll fall from grace. God won't be able to bless you. Now, the whole purpose for this study is to do just what we did today. Take We, we only got five verses in today. I don't know if we'll do three verses at a time. We might do ten next time. I don't know. We're going to go, and as the Lord leads us, we will continue this study, and we'll, it'll take as long as it takes. Today was session number one, praise the Lord. I pray you got a lot out of it. I pray that, that your understanding will grow through this scripture, verse-by-verse verse Bible study that we're going through. Uh, later on this week, as I said, the website will be up, mybiblestudy.life. And I pray that you'll go there and register so you'll receive updates as soon as uh, new things are published. We'll be taking this episode, breaking it down into podcast episodes. We'll be putting blog posts out. We're going to start sharing this far and wide as the Lord leads. So you know, be sure you reach out and contact me, brotherbob at ftfm.org. But what I want to do right now, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that... If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, that these scripture studies, these Bible studies, these verse-by-verse scriptures, that God would reveal himself to you. If you've realized, man, I need Jesus as my Savior, then this would be a great time to do it. That's the whole purpose of what I'm doing here, to get the word out, to impact the world with the gospel, to, to pray with you, to increase the kingdom of heaven on this earth, until Jesus takes us all home and wraps this thing up. Amen? So if anything I preached on today made you realize, you know, I need salvation. I want to pray with you right now. Just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne of grace and mercy this day. I realize I am a sinner worthy of death worthy of hell. My sins are my own. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against others. 
And I realize that right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you. You created the way to pay for my sins through Jesus. Through him alone, I have salvation. Through him alone, I receive the forgiveness of my sins. Through his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, I can have hope and eternal life through him as well. And Father, I ask for the forgiveness of all my sins in Jesus' name. Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior, to create in me a new man, one that will love God, one that God loves through you, that we may live together in heaven forever, praising the Most High God. And Lord, I thank you for doing this for me. In Jesus' name, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org because I want to rejoice with you. I'll have some materials I'll send out to you. Matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. If you do not have your own Bible and you live in the United States, I can't send this around the world for obvious reasons, but if you live in the United States, you email me and say, I need, a, I need my own Bible. I will send you out a free Bible, and I'll pay the shipping on it as well. I want to sow the word into your hands so that you can follow along in our scripture study. How does that sound? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to wrap up again the way we started with the whole Bible summed up in one verse. It explains it so well. 1 Timoth Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, how God was manifested in the flesh, in the body of Jesus, justified in the spirit, seen by angels. These angels, as we've been studying today, these angels seen that black spot where God had reserved all the fallen angels. They seen all the beauty of all of the heavenlies, all of heaven, God's presence there, but there's this one black spot that needs to be taken care of. And the plan of salvation from the time we're studying right now, Genesis chapter 1, all the way through to the times of Jesus, these angels seen God's plan fulfilled. They seen the plan of salvation. They seen it implemented. They seen it come to pass. Praise the Lord. And they know it was perfect. They know what the plan was. That's what is meant here in 1 Timothy 3.16. God was manifested in the flesh in the form of Jesus. He was justified in the spirit. He was born. His, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and remained. They were, this was seen by angels. They seen it. Then his plan of salvation was preached to the Gentiles. It was believed on in the world. And then, after the sacrifice, the death, and the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven was seen as he was received up into glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's all the time we have for today. Praise God. I hope you got a lot out of this. I look forward to sharing the rest <laughs> for the foreseeable future of this ministry and this program. 
it's going to be a great time in the Lord. You're going to learn so much. I'm going to learn so much as I'm going through this as well because there are some things that, that the, the Lord's going to show us because he needs you to understand his word. He needs you to understand the power of his word. He needs you to understand the power of salvation and that he loves you. For God so loved the world. Let's, let's finish off with John 3.16. Praise the Lord. That is... Besides 1 Timothy 3.16, which is the gospel, the whole Bible summed up in one verse, this is the gospel summed up in one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise the Lord. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. Praise God. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.